Oh my god, that was tough. Um, yeah, I just had a go at an 18k version of the Cheltenham Half Marathon, which basically meant I started at the race course and um, finished at the race course. I didn't do the obviously the lap in the race course or around the race course, and um, it didn't go very well. I uh, I made a mistake that I um, try and ensure that a lot of my members don't make, uh, which is going too fast in the first half of the run. Um, <clears throat> but I fell into the exact same mindset that uh, a lot of people do, and especially in an event like Cheltenham Half Marathon, um, where it's downhill for a lot of the first, you know, th I think it's about 3K, that maybe 2K, 3K that's downhill, and then it's pretty flat after that for a long time. Um, so I'm going to walk you through this, the, the run itself um, <clears throat> and uh, and show you exactly why uh, it, it didn't go to plan. So here we are at the start. Let's bring it up uh, into the big screen so you can see. I think blue must mean slow because <laughs> you can see the last section of the run is me going very slow. I'd only got to, I think it was about 17k when I got to about here. Um, so I literally limped the last bit. I, I jogged as much as I could, but the gas was gone. My lungs were going, even though I was going at bare minimum speed. Whereas you can see all the way down Newbarn Lane, down Presbury Road, it's all green. Slowed down a bit here at the bottom of uh, going around Presbury Road. I'm not sure why I slowed down there. Maybe I noticed my speed was up higher than it should have been. Um, felt really good through here. Felt good going up Montpellier. Um, around the gardens, good going around the boys' college, the Cheltenham College, sorry. Felt alright going around Dean Close. Uh, got a little bit of stitch around here. Actually, I did have some some pangs of stitch early on. Didn't feel like it was breathing associated. It felt like the food that I had eaten before I had left for the run was coming back at me a bit. Um, so I will talk through exactly what I had before the run. But um, when I got to Montpellier Gardens, it was pretty much about here, um, is where I had to have my first actual stop, where <clears throat> the pain in my chest just really came on really quite strong. I literally stopped right here on, and hunched over a chair to, to get rid of that stitch. Um, and then continued on. That, that got rid of the stitch and uh, left me feeling pretty good. The lungs came back, obviously. Uh, <clears throat> um, came around here. I yeah, then got on the Honeybourne line. Not sure I did. Yeah, I didn't go to the exact route. I missed this turning here. So I'm pretty sure that the route will take you up Royal Well Place um, and onto the this part of the Honeybourne line. Well, the path that leads to the Honeybourne line, Cheltenham Walk. Uh, whereas I um, went on St. George's Road and then jumped onto the Honeyball Line here. Uh, but anyway, then I was back on on route, felt, oh, yeah, felt right on the Honeyball Line. Um, and came around Albemarle Gate, back onto Evesham Road. Was I feeling right here? I think I was. I think I was feeling all right. And then you can see heading up Albert Road it really started to get tough and um, and then I came on to past the pump rooms and things were feeling pretty uncomfortable got to 
the top of Albert Road here and <clears throat> just got hit. I actually, it was a, a subtle pain, a pain in my glute, to really top of the hamstring, which I know from a lot of uh, members over the years, if you get a, an injury in your upper hamstring, it can last for months and months and be a real problem going forward. So that kind of, that was my next stop. I just thought, hold on, let's just reset, get the lungs to come back to normal and um, hopefully get this hamstring or glute feeling better. Um, recommenced a jog here, but as you can see, it was never particularly fast. And, um, and then it was just, I knew I had to kill the last K so I did a little out and back and this last stretch up the hill wasn't particularly fun. Um, now, how do I get out of this map view? So we can jump into my, oops, <clears throat> jump into my splits. You can see the elevation, not much to it. Uh, the two or th four stops. Um, get, you know, keep in mind that there's a lot of roads to cross. So I actually did well to only stop four times. But the problem is, is that this one's a big stop. Uh, that must have been Montpellier. Um, and here you can see the heart rate. Really, I probably wasn't paying enough attention to this. Um, I think my last run that I'd done, uh, <clears throat> my 16K, the average was around 155, maybe 152. Just quickly see if I can find that. So it is, it's, it is really relevant. It's important to look back at what you've done recently. Um, this will be the uh, walk. Yeah, how many how many sessions have I recorded? Uh, that's a seven k. So that's a tempo run down the coast. This is an interval session on the coast. <clears throat> this is a sixteen k. So average heart rate one fifty six for that one, and that was paced really well. You can see. At the end, I actually picked up the speed, um, and that's why the heart rate went up in the last section. Um, but the average speed of that entire session was 12.6. Um, and I think <laughs> if we uh, look back at it, we'll find that that was my average today, it was 12.6. Speed 12.4. So, I mean, <clears throat> you know, the average speed a 16k compared to a, a, a 18k. So, I've done the 18k today, average speed 12.4. That's not a bad drop off in speed considering it's two kilometers further. It's, it, I mean, I might have, if I had been clever, more smart about things, I would have said, well, I haven't eaten great um, before this run. You know, I haven't eaten what should have been around 10 o'clock, a decent, you know, almost brunch since I'd had breakfast around seven. Um, I should have had a, a decent brunch at 10 and then went for the run at soon after 12. So it's probably about quarter past 12. <clears throat> and it was half 12 that I actually got started. Uh, so yeah, um, I had basically chucked down a a kid's pack of crisps before I ran out the door, which was first mistake. 
So yeah, I've had my shower and I just um, remembered that uh, I didn't just have a bag of crisps before I went out the door. Uh, it was 11.30 when I looked up from my computer and thought, oh flip, I haven't eaten anything. I've got to get down and set some walkers and runners off for 12 o'clock at the race course. Um, I better eat something. So the first thing I found was a bag of crisps. I was like, that's not enough. So I made a quick sandwich, uh, which was some chicken and hummus basically. And um, yeah, ran down that sandwich with a drink. Uh, and that was me with my belly full, but probably too full uh, and certainly much too late um, to be eating that sort of food so close to a run. It was hotter today uh, than during the 16K. The 16K was probably was definitely windier, but not terrible wind. But the point is, is that I should have looked at this session beforehand, uh, looked at the 16K beforehand, seen that the average speed was 12.5 five four five uh, sorry it was 12.6 and either made a goal to try and hit 12.5 12.6 um, as an average for the 18 as an ambitious goal or else um, intentionally aimed for you know 12.5 you know slower because it's two kilometers farther than that 16k and and paced myself accordingly but no what did I do instead laps Fortunately, we don't have um, speeds here, uh, but you can see in terms of how I've paced myself, it's just all wrong. <clears throat> Four minutes thirty pace for the um, for the first k. It's Four thirty-four. There's a four twenty-five there, a four twenty-seven, uh, and this is probably when things started to go downhill when I got up to the 524, I think it was probably the Montpellier moment uh, where I just stooped over a bench and regained my uh, my breath. And um, I think I also, again, made another mistake. After that long run, I thought, oh, feeling good now. Let's pick up the pace again and did a fast K to try and get the, that average speed. I think it dropped down to 12 point six or something from 13 kilometers an hour it was pretty much 13 kilometers an hour the whole you know for the first 10k uh but then um yeah it started to get on top of me and you can see that these splits just get worse and worse and by the end i'm running at 10 kilometers an hour even slower uh, by that nine oh no that was only three seconds <clears throat> yeah right 10 kilometers an hour um towards the end so sustaining 13 kilometers an hour for the first 10k and then just gradually slowing and slowing and slowing uh, which is a massive positive split and completely the opposite to what I preach so um, I've been absolutely humbled but uh, I'm also going to I'm trying to take the lesson here and and pass it on because we can say it was my food it was maybe the, the temperature but actually, I just think that this course, starting up on, you know, up, up at the race course, um, it's very misleading, the first half. You know, the first 10K is, is mostly downhill or flat, and uh, it, it's really misleading. It can leave you feeling really good in the first half, but in the second half, it just gets harder, and it's not just because there's more uphill in the second half, or because yeah, and obviously the race course makes it even worse once you get into the race course. But it's just the fact that your body is burning through energy 
you know, that whole way. And you know, this is the first 18K run I've done of this build up to this half marathon. So it, you know, my body hadn't stored 18K worth of distance at 13 kilometers an hour. I should never have expected it to be able to achieve that. That was ridiculous of me. And I've just fallen into the same trap that so many people do every year when they do Cheltenham's half marathon and other half marathons as well, obviously. Um, <clears throat> it's just thinking that somehow magic exists and that uh, I'm better today than I, I was last week. But was I really going to be, you know, 0.4.5 kilometers an hour faster on a, a course which is two kilometers fast, uh, further? and actually hillier than what I did down on the coast. No, there's not enough magic uh, to help me with that. So um, this is not just aimed at showing that I'm human and, and that I make mistakes as well. This is very much aimed at helping you realize that, uh, you know, it, it's very easy to get, get your, your run wrong. And the most important thing for me, on a personal point of view, is this is a, a long run that I've done <clears throat> uh, five weeks before the Charlton Half Marathon, right? It is the best time to, I shouldn't say fail, but to have a big lesson like this, a big wake-up call like this. You know, I've run 18K of the Charlton Half Marathon route today, and I've learned a lot. I've learned, and, you know, obviously for my next run that I do, I'm going to make sure that I keep my speed back where it should be for that first five to ten kilometres, so that in the second half, I've, I've got a lot more energy. I'm not going to get stitched, especially because I'm going to eat better as well. But, I'm, but also that pacing the first half of the run is going to uh, reduce the risk of, of getting a stitch or getting a pain in some random place that I've never had a pain in before, like my glute. Um, and yeah, hopefully it's going to leave me feeling much better. And I'll be honest with you, I had a similar situation a few weeks back doing the, my first 14K run. Uh, after in a very long time and um, probably paced that a bit too fast for the heat it was a very hot um, Sunday and um, I finished the distance but again really struggled in the last kilometer or two and um, the the great thing now is that I'm gonna my next long run I'm gonna pace that a lot better a lot more carefully I'm gonna stick with the same route so I am gonna go up to the race course and run the, the Cheltenham half route again but um, I can't remember whether I'm doing 16 or 20k next week. It'll probably be 16k. I think I need to drop it back one and then bunch back up and have another crack at that 18k. And I'm very confident that uh, in two weeks' time, when I repeat that same route that I've done today, that it will be a far better attempt. And um, the average speed will be better, but most importantly, the pacing will be better. And my experience of the run will be far better. And um, yeah, I just encourage you to get out there and, and do the same that I've done. You know, Use the actual route from the Cheltenham Half. If you can attend our Sunday club runs, then that's what routes we're using for the, uh, the, the long runs, you know, the, the, those building towards Cheltenham's Half Marathon, that we're using those routes exactly as the Cheltenham Half, but also those building to 10K, um, we're using the route from the 10K race at the Cheltenham 10K and Half Marathon. So, um, Attending those runs or, or finding the routes that we've planned for them um, can help you practice on the actual course and and uh, yeah make sure that you learn the lessons you need to in advance of the race, not on race day or a week or two weeks before the race. Because if this if this was my 18k run two weeks out from the race, I would have no idea what I'm capable of. You know what I mean? Like I've stuffed today up, uh, whereas I've now got 
three more weekends to learn what I'm actually going to be capable of on the 5th of September. Okay, and you know, that's today has been a, a success from that point of view. I've learned an important lesson and um, I'm going to make sure that I don't make the same mistakes again. And that's going to mean that on race day, I'm going to have a, a much better picture of what my average speed should be on race day. And I'm going to know not to get carried away and think that magic exists uh, on that day. So I hope this helps. Um, yeah, let me know what you think and make sure you apply this lesson to your own training.